This is Double, Double Strength. Strength Mama Power. It's the Stuff Podcast. As you try to recall the last time you had eight hours sleep, take a moment to remind yourself that you're not alone. All around New Zealand, there are tons of Kiwi parents doing the hard yards just like you. And we understand because we're parents too. And Mum Pedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk, proudly developed in New Zealand. In parenting, you have to present a united front. We had to become humans together and co-parents. You have to just go, okay, we're all collaborators here in um, living a life together. I'm having a bit of a double take today. I know what you mean, Susie. Not surprising, really, with actor Miranda Harcourt and her mother, Dame Kate, being our guests. Yes, so good to hear them talk about something that we all think about at times, and that's how much we're like our own parents. I know, we so are. And with Kate and Miranda, they've even taken to the stage to explore that very thing. And, of course, Miranda's own children are now following in both their footsteps. So Kate and Miranda share with us how parenting down through the ages changes and often stays the same. <laughs> this is Double Strength Mama Power. Kia ora koutou. When you think about it, many of us listening are parents, but all of us are children. It might be a long time since we were running around a playground or gnawing on a rusk, yet each and every one of us is somebody's child. And the way we parent inevitably reflects in some way on how we were parented. How many times have you caught yourself talking to your child and thought, oh, I sounded just like my mother? Well, we have two special guests with us, two special mothers. Dame Kate Harcourt has had a celebrated career as one of New Zealand's best-loved actors. Her daughter Miranda holds a similar place in the nation's heart too, as one of our most recognised and admired drama talents. Like mother, like daughter. Well, that's certainly the case when it comes to acting. So does that hold in the same way they parent? Miranda, have you had that experience of sounding like your mother? I absolutely have. And of course, as I've got older, um, people think that I sound more and probably look uh, more like my mother. Oh, rubbish. No, it's true. (laughs) Kate had her children very late when she was, you had me when you were 35. Mm Mm-hmm. And Gordon when she was 39. And then I had my first child, Peter, when I was 35, same as my mother. And um, and then I kept on going until I was 44. I had my most um, recent child. And um, because, well, how old are you? Nearly, you're nearly 92. Mm. Yeah. So I guess that means that it's a hell of a long time ago that I was the child of a parent. And, um, and so I can't really remember... Um, as clearly as some people would. But yes, I do sound a lot like my mother, especially when I am angry and um, shout at them. I think that that very instinctual, don't cross the road, it's dangerous, or um, what the hell are you doing? Why is this bench so messy? When I went out this morning, I would have expected the dishes to be done. That kind of um, snap uh, really reminds me of my mother. Kate, what about you? Tell us about your mum. Well, she she was from a very different time, wasn't she? Yes, she was Australian. Not that that's got anything to do with it. But she was lovely. My father, on the other hand, was not. <laughs> so what year was your mother born, Kate? Oh, Lord, 1895, I think. Was that, I think, was it, I think it was 1888. 
Or maybe it was. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was the same year as Catherine Mansfield. Oh, right. So, um, which was 1888. So that was a hell of a long time ago. And she really was of a different time, wasn't she? Absolutely. Very loving mother. You left the farm for boarding school when you were very young, didn't you, Kate? Yes, I went at nine to my first school. I had three years there at Amberley House. And then I had four years at Woodford. So I was away for a long time. Were those good times? Yes, they were. Yes, yes, I was very happy. I was very homesick to begin with when I went to Amberley House. Uh, and we weren't far from, from home then. We lived in the back blocks. The house was the second last house on the road. We lived at the foot of a pass. And it was only 35 miles to Christchurch, but it was all shingle roads. And it was, you know, a lifetime, really. So that um, when I went to school, the holidays were very important with dogs and ponies. Uh, but Woodford was a different cup of tea. It, was, it took two days to get there. Mad, really. I don't know why they sent us. They, there were 20 of us from the South Island. And um, it, we had to meet on the Christchurch Railway Station under the clock at six o'clock, get the train down to the Littleton Ferry, ferry overnight to, from Littleton to Willington, breakfast in the railway station, which was a tremendous treat, and then um, five or six hours on the train up to Hastings. So it was a long way. A very long way from your mother in particular. Yes, and she only came up to see me once, I think for our, my final year's prize giving, so that... Um, the holidays were pretty important. And one holidays I spent in Hawke's Bay because they, they'd heard that, that there were Japanese submarines around about the Straits and they gave me the option to go back to old Amberley House or stay up at Woodford for the holidays. So I was away for the best part of six months. Kate, leaving home at nine, you really learned about independence from a young age, didn't you? I suppose, I suppose we had to. We had governesses up till then. We had two. We had a wonderful woman called Miss Cluley. And she taught me to read, and she was wonderful, and she read us the most marvellous stories. When I was first approached to do this interview, my, I was thinking about parenting, and I said to myself, the first two important things are love and stories. And that sums up my approach to parenting. So true. With regards to independence, did you encourage Miranda with the same level of independence or did you do something different? I don't remember. Did, did, did I encourage you to do what you wanted to do and go out and be adventurous? Yes, 100%. Sometimes to a ridiculous degree. Um, when I was 12, maybe I was 12, um, my parents sent me to an art class and they went, oh, she's a really good drawer. <laughs> and so... Um, and this is where I share a lot with Kate, actually. She went, right, there's a talent. Uh, she's really good at drawing. Who can I cast around in my, amongst my acquaintanceship and, um, and find who can guide uh, my daughter in this talent? Oh, my friend Susie Skirman, who runs the life drawing classes at Wellington Polytech, bloody miles away. But, so my mother went, right, well, after school on Wednesdays, you're going to go to the life drawing class, which is two hours long and starts at six in the evening, finishes at eight. Um, so you'll catch the bus down there. And then um, luckily, somebody gave me a lift home in the pitch dark. And so off I went. And um, it's, I would be confronted every week on Wednesdays. This is I'm 12 years old, by the way. I'd be confronted with just an array of naked bodies, whoever the model was of the week, and a whole bunch of naughty art students. And, um, and I, you know, I loved it. it. It has been extremely informative and a great experience um, for the rest of my life. But it was unusual parenting, I, I have to say. Um, so, yes, they were, um, some would say lax, 
and some would say courageous. How about with your own children then, Miranda? Are you lax or courageous? Well, uh, well I have replicated um, Kate's attitude and, and I think both Stuart and I have consistently gone, here's a really great opportunity for um, Peter or Thomason or Davida um, or Sarah, Stuart's daughter. Um, let's go for it. And, and we might, in this day and age, put a little bit more supervision around that. Um, but some people have been shocked at the level of um, freedom that we've afforded our children to go off and do their own thing. I remember when Thomason was cast in Shorten Street. Do you remember that, Kate? Mm-hmm. And um, um, in order, obviously, to do Shorten Street, which shoots in Auckland, she had to leave Wellington and live in Auckland for six months. And she would be there for, say, three or four days shooting a week, and then she would come back home. So that meant she had to take six months off school in her fourth form year. And um, um, and she lived with our good friend, her um, fake parent, Deborah Smith and Nicholas Stevens. Uh, they had her in their apartment and looked after her and gave her really great parenting and have fed a lot into the person that she is today. So, uh, yes, we let her um, leave home at a very young age and live in Auckland for six months to have that experience. But at the same time, we made sure that she was living with, um, you know, great people who who would give her a lot of of care. Thomason is, of course, 18 now. So what age did she start acting? Uh, She and Peter and Davida, actually, they all started acting very early in sort of in a paper run sort of way uh, because it is the family business. My father, Peter Harcourt, was a writer and a broadcaster and an actor himself and Kate's an actress and a broadcaster and then I came along and I do the same thing. Gordon, my brother... Um, who's got three children of his own. He um, uh, has always been a broadcaster and a journalist. Um, and then we come to our kids and they're um, doing the same thing. So it is kind of the the family paper run. And, um, and in those early days, our kids, uh, when they were very little, six and seven, probably younger actually, they would, um, you know, do photographic shoots if somebody needed a kid in their photograph or they'd do... Um, Lots and lots of voiceovers, which was great pocket money. And didn't they make a movie together? Yes, they did. They made a really good movie by Juliet Berg called Existence, and they played brother and sister. Thomason was seven and Peter was eight, and um, or maybe they were eight and nine, but they were pretty young. And um, it was a it's a beautiful movie, and they had a great time making it. But at that time, uh, neither of them were passionate actors. They just happened to be good at it. And it was a handy way to earn a, the odd dollar. And Pete had a, um, a part in Waiting for Goddard, didn't he? That's right. He he acted opposite Ian McKellen. Oh my god! Um, in Waiting for Goddard on stage. So uh, I mean, they've <laughs> they've both got great CVs. But I think the the fact that Peter's really always been interested in politics and current events, I think that allowed him to be a really good actor because it wasn't. Uh, really his main passion, so he was able to be tangentially good. And the same for Thomason, really. It wasn't until her um, political sense and her social conscious conscience collided um, with her acting that she decided she wanted to make that her life. Well, the theatre and public speaking are both tough businesses. How do you help kids cope with the inevitable exposure? I don't think we just took it for granted and didn't take much notice of it. It was a job, and you got out, did your job. And if it um, meant that people noticed you, you just took that for granted too, but it didn't worry you. Now, 21 years ago, Flowers from My Mother's Garden was first performed. Can you describe what this piece of theatre is, Kate? It was great to, to, to be working with my daughter. That was a, 
huge bonus and to, to work on material that my son-in-law had written. It was a great experience. We had a good time, didn't we? Yes, we had a great time. And we really, you know, this is when Kate started to become a daughter as opposed to a mother um, because she willingly submitted to a, um, a theatrical process of um, of making a show, which was a documentary on stage uh, I complained about various things, but they took absolutely no notice. Oh, we did so. We um, we would listen to what you had to say, and sometimes we would submit to your will, and sometimes we wouldn't, because we'd go, no, that's a really... We have to tell that part of the story. It's a really important part of the story. True. Why did you want to celebrate your mother-daughter relationship like that? Well, we the, we called Flowers in My Mother's Garden um, um, A Daughter Tells Her Mother's Story. And um, and now you might go, you know, so you know, there's a, a, a million... Um, documentaries by and about family members um, telling their own story. But 21 years ago, it was actually pretty unusual. And um, one of the reasons we wanted to tell that story was because Stuart and I had been telling other people's stories from a um, stage documentary perspective using verbatim theatre. And um, and we wanted to reflect that challenge back on ourselves and see if we could tell our own stories in the way that we were using that lens to tell other people's stories. And it just seemed um, ideal to pick a random person, which happened to be Kate, and um, and allow her the complexity and the interest um, and the specificity of her story to unfold. We got lots of very good feedback from mothers and daughters who came to the show, didn't we? Oh, yeah. It was, it was really... Um, a, a beautiful experience, wasn't it, Kate? We mm. took it all the way through the country and um, and people uh, really appreciated um, the fact that what was happening on stage enabled them to, um, to reflect on their own um, existence. How did flowers make you feel differently about your mum? Oh, um, I think that that's when I think I stepped up to be the mother in the family and um, Kate and I and Stuart were kind of co-parents for a while, weren't we, Kate? Suppose so. We, mm. And that was really great for our kids. They had uh, a number of different parents. So um, uh, when I think about flowers from my mother's garden, we had to become humans together and co-parents instead of uh, subscribing or submitting to the idea that Kate was my mother and I was her daughter. And um, that sort of, in the end, got in the way a bit. Y- you have to just go, okay, we're all collaborators here in, um, in living a life together. When you see Miranda with Thomason, what do you think? Are you reminded of how different things are or do you think this is how it was for me and my girl? I think different generations cope differently and I think I just admire the way Thomason has turned out. She's her own person. She's encouraged but not treated differently. And I think Stuart and Miranda have done a jolly good job with their kids. I'm very proud to be their grandmother and my son's kids in Auckland too. In parenting, you have to present a united front. It's no good one parent saying, yes, you can do that, and another parent saying, no, you can't. That united front is very important for stability and for balance. Um, It's pretty hard to be away from your mum when you first become a mum because you have no idea what you're doing. She always said, and even now she still says it, this too shall pass. You know, sometimes when you're a mum, you're like a hot knife through butter, and other days you just have to put your head down, your bum up, and just keep going. But she has always been contactable by telephone, and because of the time difference, if I was up in the middle of the night, she was in the middle of the day, so it was actually it actually worked out quite well for phone conversations. But, you know, I'd sometimes just ring her up, and she'll say, remember, this too shall pass. 
And I think that's really important. Wow, that's one solid relationship, isn't it? Not just on the stage, but in home as well. They've been through so much together. Mm, And they have so many years you know, they've had and they are still enjoying so many years together. Not everybody gets to have that um, with their mother or with their parent. Um, I think that's really special and that, that shone through. Oh, definitely. I feel very fortunate that um, I've grown up with a very strong mother mm-hmm. and I she was always mum and we deferred to her in all ways. I think Asia did a lot in mm. that time that I grew up all those years ago. <laughs> but now we have this wonderful relationship where we're more friends and mm. we can joke and laugh and I feel I treasure. I treasure mm. the time that I have with mum because she's in her um, mid-70s now. Mm. I mean, Kate is 91, my goodness. That's what I mean, you know, yeah. so many years. That's that's what a joy and what a privilege to mm. be able to have so many years together with your mother, not only to have those years in friendship, much like you were talking about with your mum, but to still have that support and have the wisdom that is able to be shared by her. Something that someone once told me years ago, whatever your child says, particularly when they're young, don't take Take it personally. Mm, it's hard, though, yeah, it was, isn't it's it? Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to do the same with your parents. Don't take what they say personally. Mm. And I think um, I, I can say myself that you know, various times being told, "Oh, for goodness' sake, get your act together," and all the rest of it. You can take that on board as being something quite negative, or you can use it, and that's what I've tried to do. Mm. Um, and and that will play a big part on the relationship that you have with your parent mm. in later life. Totally. And with your kids. Totally. I agree. You know, don't take things personally. Everyone is doing the best they can in each moment and what they say may not land necessarily how they intend it to. Um, but as you said that, it made me think of something with respect to my mum. I, in one respect, take everything she says to me in terms of her support for my parenting I do take it personally because she is 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 and has been my greatest cheerleader. I remember when Hamish and I got engaged and I called her excitedly to tell her, you know, we got engaged. She didn't sound kind of too excited or too happy. And I said, what? Like, why, why aren't you celebrating with me? She said, oh, I'm really pleased, darling, that you're going to get married, but I'm just waiting for the babies. <laughs> So she, she's just she's been waiting all these yeah. years to be a nana. And so as soon as I had my children, she was my greatest cheerleader. She'd send me text messages. She'd write me little cards of support. And so there wasn't too much advice, but there was wisdom in what she was saying because it was all around, look after yourself, be kind to yourself, you're doing a great job. You know, mm. it was all this. And and although that comes across, and certainly at the time was um, a cheerleader and, and words of support, actually, when I think about it now, those are very, very wise words. Oh, wonderful. And I guess that whole marriage and so on was just a byproduct to get her where she <laughs> wanted. You know what, I must admit, as a child, I'd always envisaged myself as a grandmother. To chew. The hair scraped back into a <laughs> into a grey bun and an apron. I never wear an apron. I've got filthy clothes. I never wear an apron. Oh, still time. <laughs> Kate's 91. How old are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, I won't go there. But um, I wish now that I put a lot more thought into the steps leading to get me to a grandmother. So, mm. <laughs> mm. But that's all the part of the adventure of life, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. We understand that looking after a tiny human is a huge task. That's why we created this podcast, to help you feel like you're not in this alone. Proudly brought to you by Anmumpedia Pro 3 Toddler Milk, helping give your little ones the strength to grow. 
Today's mindful moment is a gratitude practice. There's a heap of science out there now that tells us that when we're grateful, we become more content. Contentedness breeds a centeredness, a steadiness of self. And from this, we grow our own presence and inner strength and belief that I can do this, I've got this. Funnily enough, given we've been talking about generational advice, gratitude practice can actually help our intuition. So, though we might rely on generational advice, when we attend to our gratitude for it, we might find over time we rely on it less as we believe in ourselves more. One of my favourite psychology experts, Rick Hansen, says that when you are present, when you focus on what is good, and when you are grateful, then over time you'll hardwire your brain to be more positive and more resilient to discomfort and difficult times. When you're more resilient, you're more able to turn inward to your own strength, your own self-belief, your own intuition. So with that said, let's practice. Gently allow your eyes to soften and close, and as always, take a moment to settle into your body. I'm going to guide your attention to several points of focus that we collectively as parents can be grateful for. As we pause at each, we'll take a moment to give thanks, and we'll incorporate a focus on our breath into this practice too. So let's also settle the breath by together taking one deep inhale breath, drawing it all the way down to your belly, and exhale a long, slow release. Bring to mind now your own parents or caregivers. Recognise all that they did as best as they knew how. Acknowledge the values bestowed upon you, the wisdom exchanged. On your next inhale, imagine you are breathing into your body all the wisdom they have shared. And on your exhale, let your breath be a sigh of gratitude for them as you quietly say, thank you. And next, bring to mind the generations before us who paved the way, whose folklore and stories have been passed down for us to learn from, ancestors who lived here or far away, and people unrelated to us from centuries gone by, all of whom walked this path before us and leave in their footsteps their wisdom to be shared. On your next inhale, imagine you are breathing in all the wisdom they have shared. And on your exhale, let your breath be a sigh of gratitude for them as you quietly say, thank you. Now bring to mind all your children and the children of your brothers, sisters, friends, all the children who you know. Our children are potentially our best teachers as they throw us challenges, curveballs, new situations daily which we need to respond to and learn from and grow through. On your next inhale, imagine you are breathing in the sweet teachings of these children. And on your exhale, let your breath be a sigh of gratitude for them as you quietly say, thank you. And now let me offer your mind the idea that each new day, each new moment brings an opportunity to learn, to try, to trust yourself, to make mistakes, to have successes and grow. We're going to inhale and hold the breath this time, not rigidly, just gently and just for a moment. So on your next inhale, prepare to breathe in deeply all the way down to your belly, that core of you where your wisdom resides. 
and then for a moment hold that breath and focus your attention on your core. Connect to that wisdom, your wisdom. And then on your exhale, let your breath be a sigh of gratitude for this moment of connection as you say quietly to your own soul, thank you. You have the support of the wisdom of all the ages and you have the strength and certainty of your own wisdom, your intuition. Know this, trust this. Namaste. Well, Tui, our thanks go to you now. What a great way to end our podcast about what we learned at, as the saying goes, our mother's knee. Of course, it could be our caregiver, whoever gave us care at those key times in our family life, mm, yeah. Absolutely. Mm. And um, you're welcome. And as always, it's such a pleasure to write and to offer these mindful moments. Remember with this one, um, it is a practice. Gratitude practice is a practice. So continue to say quietly every day, every time someone does something for you or you feel or hear that wisdom, just say a little thank you. Lovely. A little something to maybe do with the kids as well. Absolutely. What are you happy for? What are you grateful oh, for at the end of your day? There's a whole other story on that. Oh, lovely. Hey, now we hope that you can join us next time when we speak to the powerhouse behind the feel-brave stories that teach children resilience and self-esteem and self-confidence. That's the wonderful Avril McDonald. And I guess all there is left to say today is... Three, two, one. See you, see you later. It's time to say goodbye. Hey. <laughs> Being a parent is full of surprises. That's why we make our Anmum Pro 3 toddler milk surprise-free with nutrients including 15 essential vitamins and minerals and no added sugars, giving your little ones the strength to grow. Anmum, you've got this. Double Strength Mama Power is a stuffed podcast made in commercial collaboration with the Anmum Pro 3 toddler milk. <laughs>